darkness. Hallelujah. And one day, we will see him again. Amen. Some glad morning when this life is Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Amen. Hallelujah. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're coming soon, Lord. You are coming soon, Lord. We await your coming, Lord. The spirit and the bride say, come. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And joy shall never end on that day. And I thank you, Lord, for your love. Your love that saved us. Because your love never fails. Thank you, Jesus. It's love that draws us to you, Father. 
I was reading in John 15 this morning about abiding in Jesus. Abide. Spend time with your God. Spend time with him in union. His love never fails. And this love draws us in. No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what is happening in our lives, spend time with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This one. 
It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love. Oh, on and on. And on and on. time voices only because your love never fails it never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails it never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails it never gives up it never runs out on me your love yes your your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me.
goes. It overwhelms and satisfies my soul. Lord, we are thirsty, Lord, for more of you. You are the bread of life. You are the fountain we can run to at any time in our lives, Lord. You renew us, Lord. You restore us. Your love draws us, Lord, to want to sit at your feet and wash your feet with our hair, Lord. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We just want to return that love back to you that you gave us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus 
Cause your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus, your name, because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life, break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Your name, because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Yes, it is, Lord. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Oh, let's shout, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Oh, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Oh, one more time, shout. We shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name, because your name is power. Your stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire oh, burn, Lord. one more time because your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through shadows burn like a fire let's sing verse 3 and I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus. 
your name because your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire one more time let's shout Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Oh, Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name, because your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over, over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within his presence. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus.
excited about serving Jesus. You know why? Because he's my Savior. So I'm excited to know that I have a Savior that loves me. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's in the bulletin again this week, and it really is. Pastor Steve is going to share today. So when it says welcome back, Pastor Steve, it's really true today. (laughs) So welcome back, Pastor Steve. (laughs) 
Hey, don't clap too hard. It might me. I might feel inferior now. It's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, we're we're done with Tom. Let's get Pastor Steve back in there. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, there's going to be a water baptism here on the 11th. So if you have not been baptized and you would like to be baptized, um, get a hold of Kitty in the office or Pastor Steve, and we will make sure that happens. Amen. Amen. Everybody needs a spiritual bath. Amen. You need to get rid of that old man. You need to publicly confess that old man is dead. That new man has risen again with Christ Jesus, and you're set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, um, Doug and Bonnie, would you please stand? Turn around, everybody. See your shining faces. Amen. We just want to welcome Doug and Bonnie. They pulled in last Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I was like, all of a sudden, I see this motorhome that turned up, and I said, oh, man, they're early. So uh, they've been here since Wednesday night, and um, they've been out diligently taping, painting, um, working hard on the outside of the building, and there's going to be a crew tomorrow, people coming in tomorrow to help do the trim and everything. I don't know if you've seen the this side of the building from the back, but it looks wonderful already. We want to thank all of those, a few of the men, Orville and Tony, come out and helped us do some washing and cleaning, and uh, Orville came out and cleaned the sidewalks on that side of the building, which we're going to continue around. So um, thank you um, for all the men that came out and helped us. We had a good time while we were working, right? Um, nobody got thrown out of the bucket. Um, Doug goes, you know, there's a fast button on that. And I said, yeah, I know, but I ain't turning it on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, if you have any open free time this week or you would like to help in any way, please get a hold of Kitty, get a hold of Doug, Pastor Steve. And um, there is other work that needs to be done for the trim and everything else. And, and so um, we are welcome to have you here. Um, and then uh, Wednesday night services will start up in September. Uh, and um, so we will look forward to that. And uh, we want to thank everybody also for yesterday for helping with Robert Radcliffe's memorial here at the church. And remember to continue to pray for their family. You know, just because it's been a, a month or so, it, it takes time for the family to heal and to get over a loss of a loved one. Um, so uh, continue to pray for Charlotte and um, uh, hold her up in your prayers. Amen. Other than that, I think that's pretty much the announcements. And, of course, I will say as normal, um, hopefully we'll change this in the near future. But um, we are still taking the offerings in the back. And so don't forget to uh, pay your tithe and offerings that God has put in you, your, your hands as a good steward. Amen. Amen. And so uh, other than that, we're going to um, have Pastor Steve going to come up here and break the bread of life with us. Amen. Give him a big hand because how many of you love Pastor Steve? I don't know. Is maybe going to turn that one off? Here, mute everything else except for this one. Are we still on? Do you know where mine is at? The trim button, the little round button up top. Turn the trim down, please. On the lav mic or lapel. That might help it a little bit. There we go. Yeah. It's correcting itself. Leroy is helping saving the day. All right. Thank you, Leroy. 
I'll say He is. It's good to be here, church. You know what? Uh, can you all see me? No. Could you help me? Sometimes I say like Elna. She's cut off over there. Well, what does get up here? Tom liked it down there, but he's taller than you, so. <laughs> now I can see your faces. I do want to express great uh, gratitude and thanks for Doug and Bonnie and uh, just for all the labor that they're doing. And even for Fisherman Don. It's always good to have him here. Yeah. Miss you, Don. We do. I want to tell you, I'm, I'm quite aware that some people are nervous to volunteer because they're afraid that if they volunteer, they're going to be stuck here for like the whole week or something. <laughs> that happened to me when I was about 20 years old, 19 years old. I forget how old I was, but I went to this church in downtown Seattle just to go look at Children's Church. I wanted to observe. I wanted to see what they were doing, to see about praying about the possibility of maybe helping a little bit. After I left that service, I had the curriculum in my hands and I was dubbed the new children's pastor and I was like, I didn't do want to do this. I just wanted to come and watch, guys. And sometimes when you hear about a painting project, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen if I show up. <laughs> I'm never going to get away. Now, you, you have your time, your schedule, your priorities, what you need to do. There won't be any pressure, especially for myself, that if you come for two hours, four hours, a half hour, whatever you can come. A full day would be great, obviously, but just come. When you got to go, you got to go. Many hands makes light work, so amen. I think that's about all the introductions for today. The message for this morning is something that God is working in my heart. The title of it is Courageous Preparations. Courageous Preparations. And the reason why this is in my heart is because all of us, many of us, have journeyed together these past couple of years through COVID and all the shenanigans and nonsense of our wonderful elected and selected leaders. And really what it has done for a lot of people these past couple of years has caused a paralyzing sense of inactivity and lack of preparation in the sense of making plans for the future. Because what are they going to throw? What curveballs coming next? What are they going to do next? And that's about all I really want to say about they out there. Because God has good plans for you as an individual. Amen. And he has good plans for this church. And not this church, but the church of Jesus Christ as a whole. And what's been stirring in my heart is that theme of courageous preparations for this reason. Because I'm really good at flying by the seat of my pants. Overall. I'm really good, and I've been taught and I've been raised of, you want to never lose that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, to change plans, to change preparations, and just to be going with the wind, so to say. Whatever, wind, the wind, whatever direction the wind blows, you try to follow it like a sail. But one area I have lacked at tremendously is in the area of preparations and planning. And I can see how that is crippling not only my own life, but this church as a whole, and I can see how that can cripple your life as an individual or as a family, whether you're retired or not, that if you're not in prayer and preparation to say, Lord, you have plans from eternity past that you've planned for me to participate in. It is not wrong for a Pentecostal believer to prayerfully prepare for the future, to prayerfully plan for the future. In fact, it's an act of faith. 
it can sometimes take more faith to pray and to plan and to prepare than to fly by the seat of your pants. Please say amen. amen. It seems contrary to Jesus' teaching about don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry, be happy today has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. You know, I'm just going to live in today. And I think there's many of us that are willing to live in today and to live in the moment. And a little bit about what stirred this is my family had plans. I had hopes to go to a Christian camp uh, for vacation. But I found out the hard way that people plan to go to Christian camps like six, nine, 12 months in advance. And so when I confidently went to go make that phone call to sign up my family for this camp, on the beach, I found out there's no room in the camp. And I was like, what are you talking about there's no room? Church, I tried every trick in the book. I thought about having Joy go in with me into the registration office and say, Dad, could you suppose, and I was going to coach her when we go to the registration desk, and Joy, or maybe Emmy, she's the five-year-old, and have her tug in my shirt coat, or my shirt, say, Dad, do you suppose they have room in the manger? You know, <laughs> I was going to try to heap on the guilt, anything I could to let me in the camp with my family. But there was no room. So that was an awakening. We had a great vacation, by the way. It was very good. But I learned that next year, I need to call like next week for next year's camp if I want to go to that camp. There are some scriptures that, especially Pentecostals, and I'll say procrastinating Pentecostals, are very used to using when it comes to preparation, and Matthew 6 is one of them. Today has enough trouble of its own. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Let's just live in today and not even bother planning for tomorrow. I want to tell you, I am learning loud and strong that is not God's interpretation of that passage. That passage is not talking about preparation. It's talking about worrying about tomorrow. Please say amen. And so for courageous preparation, I want to begin to deposit seeds in your heart and my heart for your life as an individual. If you have a family, if you have children, or if you're just a married couple and you're retiring or whatever, to say, Lord, what plans do you have for my future? It could be next week, month, year, 10 years, it doesn't matter. I don't live 10 years from now. Most all of you know that. It's definitely the case. But Lord, you have plans. And Lord, if you have plans for my life, are there roadblocks in my life? Are there hindrances in my life that are causing those plans to not come to pass in my life? I'll give another commercial. Tomorrow we have a 20-yard dumpster showing up to our church. 20-yard dumpster? For some, they don't know how big that is. That's a pretty good-sized dumpster. And why am, why am I doing that? I, called, I talked to kids like, Kitty, we're getting, bringing a dumpster to the church. Why? Because we are going to prepare for growth. And we are going to prepare for God to do something wonderful in this church as a facility and as a body and as a family. And what we're going to do with that dumpster is I'm going to go through every nook and cranny I can of this church from the top to the bottom and everywhere. And if it's garbage and if we haven't used it in 20 years, guess where it's going? To the dumpster! It seems like nonsense. Forgive me for not having the story. I forget what exact king it was. There was a couple different kings in the Old Testament where the temple had fallen into disrepair. The tabernacle, the temple had fallen into disrepair. And part of what God used to bring about a great move of God in the nation was them simply repairing the temple. 
There's even one particular passage where they were do, they didn't have a 20-yard dumpster, but there was actually junk and stuff that was being stored in different rooms in the tabernacle, and they cleared out the tabernacle and got that stuff out of there. They cleaned it up, they spruced it up, and they got it back into order the way God had designed it to be. And you know what happened? God moved. I had never thought about that God can move by cleaning out junk. It's happening slowly at my house. My wife is relentless on that, but I'm even going through the same process at my house. I've done three dump runs over vacation to the, to the dump just with my little van, but taking stuff if I haven't seen it. And I want to tell you, sometimes you have to be careful. I went through some boxes a few, about a month ago that are here at the church, and I almost took those boxes and chucked them. I'm like, I haven't looked at that box in 10, 15 years. I don't need it. Well, I found my birth certificate. <laughs> like the original birth certificate. I was born in Germany. I was like, I better keep that one. <laughs> and so, okay, go through the junk really quick. Be relentless. And you know what? I threw the majority of it away. But listen, Jesus talked about if you love your life, you're going to lose your life. If you lose your life, you're going to find your life. We can spiritualize that all that we want, and there is a very deep spiritual application about love in your life, and you'll lose it. If you love your pride, if you love your ego, if you love your dreams, if you love the hurts and the pains and all the offenses, you're going to lose your life. That person talked to me, they hurt me, and you know, or you hold on to the good old days. Man, just let me tell you what I did. Nobody cares. And they love their life. And let me tell you what happened 20 years ago. Lose it. Let, let it go. Give it to God. God will tell you all about it and what he thinks about it when you get to heaven. If you lose your life and you let go of the hurt, the pain, the offense, the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, you let go of all the memories, the broken records... Sometimes you make a phone call to somebody and it's the broken record and you can... <laughs> I should... I'll just say it. <laughs> you put it on speakerphone. <laughs> you put it on mute on the microphone and you can set it on the counter. Come back five minutes later. <laughs> yep, they're still the same part of the story. I knew where this was going. I muted every once in a while. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You... <laughs> I'm going to get out of that one. <laughs> Let go of the broken record. If you lose your life, you'll find your life. I know families that are torn apart still to this day because they hold on to life. They hold on to all the stuff that hurts in 20 years ago, and they don't know why the family's not together. I'll tell you why it's not together. You're still holding on. You got to let it go. Lose your life. Lose that hurt. Give it to Jesus so he can give you new life. That can also apply to junk. So bring the 20-yard dumpster. You see it there. If it's still here next Sunday, it, it's here for a reason. When you see that, think revival. Think the Holy Spirit's going to move. <laughs> and not just because of, there is so much more to that church, but courageous preparations. Listen, it takes courage to let go. I've seen shows, and I, I, you've seen shows, Hoarders. Yeah. It takes courage to let go of our stuff. 
Jesus said, lay aside every weight, lay aside all the stuff that so easily hinders us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Could it be possibly that God moving in your life could be hindered by something as silly as clutter and junk? It could be spiritual clutter and junk or literal clutter and junk. And I'll say a wholehearted amen. Why? Because it weighs us down in our mind. It weighs us down in our memory. It weighs us down in our emotion. It paralyzes us because we got so much stuff. And so to have courageous preparation is to become relentless to say, Lord, I want your plans established in my life, in my family, in the church, wherever I'm at. God, I want you to do an amazing work in my life. God is a God of preparation. Preparation takes faith. Preparation is based upon expectation of good. Anxiety and worry, on the other hand, is based on unbelief and lack of trust. Preparation, godly preparation, is expecting good from the Lord. Godly preparation is expecting good from the Lord. Why are we painting the church? Why is Doug here? This this couple is an amazing couple. That'd be a whole other message. I am so thankful for their heart because they go from church to church to church to church repairing churches, fixing churches. And I'll tell you, it is such an amazing thing. Why? Because sometimes the condition of a church physically can be very indicative of what's happening inside spiritually. And just seeing the change, seeing the repairs and being a part of it is realizing, Lord, you know what? You can do this in my interior, the inside of my heart as well. Oh, Lord, this is a lot of work. They'll say a hard, wholehearted amen. How many of you want the Lord to do something wonderful in your life? Raise your hand, wave him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord just snap his fingers or just speak the word? And we sang a beautiful song, did I just speak the name of Jesus? Wouldn't it be wonderful that the Lord just spoke something in your life and there was a dramatic change in your life? Sometimes that happens. Other times the dramatic change in your life takes place slowly and it's a lot of work. I'm going to digress and do something you're not supposed to do. Pastors aren't supposed to do that. But Jerry told me a, a joke before church, and I can see it's time for a joke so I can keep Fisherman Don awake. There was a preacher, and there was a taxi driver that died in the same day, and they both went to heaven. And they're standing before the pearly gates, and the preacher was so excited he couldn't wait to see his mansion in heaven. Well, St. Peter let the, the taxi cab driver in, and the preacher's watching from behind, and he sees the taxi cab driver say, well done, good and faithful servant. He got a great big mansion, golden streets, I mean, beautiful yard, and the preacher's all excited. Oh, man, if a taxi cab driver got that, I can't wait to see what I'm going to get. Well, the, ta- the, the preacher finally got to stand before the Lord, and he heard a well done, too, but he had a little shack. And he's like thinking to himself, what's all this about? Well, St. Peter says, well, you know what? The taxi cab driver, he had people praying every day when he was driving. But you, on the other hand, when you were preaching, people were falling asleep. (laughs) Are you awake? (laughs) All right. Godly preparation, courageous preparation is based on expecting good from the Lord. When you are paralyzed in fear or anxiety, worry, you're paralyzed and you're not preparation. It is not based upon expecting good. It's based upon expecting bad. What else is coming my way? 
And so I'm not even going to bother to prepare because every time I try to do something good, something bad happens. Has anybody ever had those thoughts in their brain before? That is not from the Lord. You need to realize to say, Lord, you are a God of preparation. I need courage, Lord. Isaiah chapter 46, I want to read this. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 8 through 10. It says, remember this and show yourselves to be men. Recall to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is another. I am God, there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God knows the end from the beginning. That means he knows what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. He knows when the trumpet's going to blow and when Jesus is going to come. Some of you have anxiety and fear and worry. I don't throw stones at you because I've been in the same boat too often. I still wrestle with that. I will tomorrow, I'm sure of making preparations and praying and planning, saying, Lord, what do you have? What do you want me to do, Lord? Where do you want to go? And it's one thing just to go from moment to moment and to moment and trust in the Lord. That's wonderful. It's another thing to get a deeper faith in the Lord, to say, Lord, you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Lord, you chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame. Ephesians 2.10, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God pre... Oh, there's that word. Prepared in advance for you to walk in them. Courageous preparation. I want to go through four areas of courageous preparation that God wants to bring into our life, church. Little by little, it's going to be step by step. Just as Doug and Bonnie and the team is coming and they're working on the church, uh, they've got half of it done maybe, but the trim's going to be a whole lot. It's not happening in a moment. And the preparations that God wants us to begin to pray through, it's not going to happen in a moment. I don't want to promise more than the Lord's going to deliver in your life, so to say, I want to be realistic with this. It's going to take courage. First preparation is the preparation of the heart, the preparation of your heart. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you want to see God do a wonderful work in your life, it does begin with your heart. To say, Lord, would you take my heart and bring purity of my heart in order that I could see you more clearly? Who has a bottle of water, a clear bottle of water? Right down here. This represents purity. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But what happens is we have things that come into our life. It could be good things, but it can be other things. And if you begin to drop things into this water, what does it do? It contaminates it. It dirties it. It begins to cloud it, and it gets discolored. And all of a sudden, you can't see clearly. And so if God wants to bring courageous preparations into your heart, what do you bring first to him? Your heart. And what do you do then? You offer it to him. You say, Lord, I want to have a clear heart, a pure heart. It only comes by the blood of Jesus. Please say amen. James chapter 4, verse 8. I love the New Living Translation. I'll give your water back to you. James chapter 4, verse 8. New Living Translation says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, 
Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. King James says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Many people think of the verse in James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, and God will not reproach you. For a, let, let a man ask in faith, for he that must ask in faith, believe that he's going to receive it. If you don't ask, I'm misquoting an R.I. Let me get to James here. Talks about the double-minded man. Unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. I learned this a, a while back, but the Lord's bringing it back to me. Double-mindedness, going from one thing to the other, is indicative of an impure heart. Now, lest you think of impurity only in the area of, say, sexual immorality. No, an impure heart can simply be a divided loyalty between the Lord and the world. An impure heart, that double-mindedness, the impurity. It's not just talking about sexual temptations. It could be that you're torn between two opinions. And it brings a cloudiness in your heart that you can no longer see God. You can't see his plans for the future. You're in survival mode, just trying to get through the day. And the Lord has amazing plans for you. But he's like, you know what? Let's prepare the heart. And if I can get the heart to be purified to where your affections, your loyalties, your desires are no longer divided constantly, just fractured and just being torn to pieces. Anxiety. I think I learned this from Connie McCleary. We need to pray for Connie McCleary, by the way, really quick. She's not in the hospital, but she needs her prayers. Lord, we pray for Connie McCleary. God, we ask that you would bless her. Lord, she needs healing encouragement and strength right now lord bless connie in jesus name connie taught me this years ago anxiousness anxiety is basically you're being torn to pieces that's descriptive of what anxiety and worry does you're being torn to pieces you're being divided up and so lord courageous preparations lord i give you my heart Lord, if I have divided loyalties, divided desires, and Lord, I'm caught between two ways and, and wonder which way to go, Lord, I need to give you my heart because blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And blessed are those who give the water back. Preparation of the heart. I spoke about letting go of the hurts, wounds, offenses, anything that is keeping you uh, away from the Lord and hindering your walk with the Lord. 1 John 2, 9 through 11 talks about that if you walk in the light, but you hate your brother, you're in darkness until now. But those who love their brother, you remain in the light and there is no cause for stumbling. He who hates his brother is in darkness, is walking in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. There is so much hatred in this world, church, right now. Being stirred up politically, socially, in every way possible. We've got to guard our hearts from that hatred. Should we hate sin? Yes. But you know what? Too often I feel like it creeps into the heart of even Christians to where, no, it's not just against sin. It's, it's I hate what that guy's doing. We can't have hatred in our hearts towards people. It's a spiritual battle we're in. And so here courageous preparation to say lord do i have hatred in my heart bitterness in my heart if i do the bible says i'm in darkness 
I stumble, and I don't know what I'm stumbling about. Lord, would you take that out of my heart right now, Lord, and place the love of God in my heart? Because when your love is in my heart, Lord, I can then see clearly for the future that you have for me. Hatred, animosity, it blinds us to God's plans for us, church. The secondary preparation is preparation of our priorities. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Preparing your priorities before the Lord. Verse 33 of the same chapter says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, Jesus. Priorities. They can be misplaced at times, church. They can be mixed up. You can have multiple priorities, but if you get too many things going on, you know what? You're just going to be scattered and not effective in what God wants you to do. I want you to begin to pray to say, Lord, what priorities do you have for my life? Lord, I can't do everything, but Lord, I can do what you've called me to do. Amen. The next area, preparation, courageous preparation. Number three, preparation is inspired through prayer. Through prayer. Jeremiah 29, 11, most all of us know this scripture. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a hope and a future. Call upon me, go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God has plans for us, church. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me. God will answer us. He will show us great and mighty things that we do not know. I already referenced Ephesians 2, 10, that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The last area of preparation is the preparation for change. This is the most difficult. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Can I share what you shared with me earlier? Colleen is sharing four years today. Today's the anniversary. Four years clean and sober. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. That is such, that is awesome, church. That is change. That is change. And I want to tell those who are raised in church and been in church for a lot of years, it is easy for some, I don't think there's many, I think most 99% are super thrilled. It is easy for us or whatever to look, oh, I'm so glad they changed. But I want to tell you, you know what? The addiction to alcohol, I will say it's possibly easier to break than the addiction to selfish pride. Oh, that poor person. I'm so glad they got off of alcohol and drugs. I want to tell you, if God's going to move in this church, and I believe he wants to, but I will say it will be dependent upon the people of God responding to the Lord. Yeah. Not to me. Yeah. Not to, no, to the people of God responding to the Lord and to say, Lord, Romans 12, 1 through 2 tells us to present our bodies. This is not to the new believer who's just coming off a street. Oh, that poor soul. You need to present your body to the Lord. This is to the believer, to the Christian, to those who are rooted and grounded in the Lord to say, hey, I'm to present my body as a living sacrifice, holy, 
and acceptable to the Lord, which is my reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Or say transformed. Metamorphosis. That's like a caterpillar going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Do you know there's some people in here, they've been living in their cocoon for too long? You may have been in the church, but you've been like that caterpillar that crawled up into the eve of the church, and you're still in your cocoon. I go to church. I've been going to church for 30 years. Yeah, I can see that you're still, a, you're still in your cocoon. <laughs> and God wants to bring a transformation. Transformed by the renewing of your mind in order that you would prove the acceptable, pleasing, perfect will of God. I'll tell you, church, this church will be paralyzed and never grow if we remain paralyzed and remain in our cocoon and thinking, you know what? Oh, I pray for souls. Oh, those poor souls out there that need to change. Oh, those poor people out there, they just need Jesus. Oh, if only they had what I had. I just pray. Oh, I pray for those old poor people out there that they would finally come to church someday. They ain't come to that. The only thing they're going to come to is when they see God at work in our lives. And they see God changing, transforming, and they see a group of people. I'm not mad at you. I love you, church. I'm passionate. I'm excited about this. Because like a light bulb has clicked. When they see a people of God who, yes, we're praying and reaching out to others, but it's not a, oh, you poor person. It's like, God's doing something in my life. Oh, man. How many years clean and sober now? Six and a half. Six and a half-ish years? Almost seven years. Yeah. Almost seven years. And you know, it'll be Tim. It'll be Tim coming in. And he's excited. He's like, guys, God's doing something in my life. Yeah. And we'll be like, wow, cool, that's amazing. It'll be Elna. How old are you, Elna? You don't mind people knowing anymore, right? This month? In September, 86? It'll be Elna coming in, 86 years old. On a skateboard. (laughs) No, to be in that big bucket, and she'll be on the super speed, (laughs) swinging it around like at the carnival. (laughs) Woo! You know what Elna wants? I don't think she'll mind. I'll, I'm going to take a liberty with a friendship here. She wants to go someday zip lining. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Church, I want to tell you, my greater concern, I think I mentioned this in a sermon before vacation, a pastor friend in Evergreen Olympia said, you know, Steve, where... If you could see yourself five years from now, you know, where would you want to be? And you're, say, picture yourself, you're excited, life is grand, and I tap you on the shoulder, and we run into each other to five years. What would you tell me why you're excited? I had to think for a brief moment, but it didn't take long, and I says, you know what would make me excited is if this guy's changing and growing. And it was spilling over into the congregation that they were changing and growing. I didn't think about Hawaii. I didn't think about a bigger house. I didn't think about retirement. I didn't think about some things that people would maybe. I was like, you know what would really make me excited is that change. And so be Elna. That's why I'm, not, I'm excited, church, because I see that God wants to do something in my life. He is. He wants to do something in your life. 
And sometimes the roadblock to that can be, you can be like me, like I've been my whole life, fly by the seat of your pants, just bow by from the moment to the moment to the moment. I don't know what's happening, but we're going to do it today. I realize, God, you've got something greater, and I don't want my family to miss out on vacation next year. More importantly, I don't want people to miss out on eternity. Preparing for change, courageous preparation. To say, Lord, I don't care if it's Elna who's 85 going on 86. That'd be awesome if she gets to go ziplining. It'll be Jeanette even coming in, Sandy, Charlotte. And to be praying and to believe and to say, Lord, we know human nature doesn't like to change. I'm not, I'm not pointing anything. This is, I'm saying change in a good way, not because you're bad. Human nature doesn't like to change, but to say, Lord, wouldn't it be awesome and begin to dream and imagine what would it be like to see different ones of us coming in because you know what? It's like I'm born again all over again almost every day. It's like I'm seeing changes in my life little by little. Some are dramatic, but there's these changes taking place and I'm no longer in that cocoon. And God is doing something in my life as that is happening and transpiring. I tell you what, that gives you something then to share with that neighbor or that coworker or that person at Walmart or whatever because you're no longer looking at them as that outsider, that person, oh, that poor soul, they need Jesus. No, you are, you are somebody who identifies with them and you're still on the journey yourself and you're like hey I just want to share with you what what God is doing not has done 30 years ago I praise God for 30 years ago but I just want to share with you what God is doing in my life today I just want to share with you I, I haven't arrived we stumble in many ways you know what if any man does sin we do have an advocate with the father praise God I just want to share with you what he is, not was, what he is doing. He's changing me. He's working on attitude. He's working on outlook. He's working on this brain changing it to go from fly by the seat of your pants to begin to even begin thinking about planning, preparing for growth. I'm stepping out in faith as I share, by the way. I'll tell you what, we have Wednesday night services and we're not doing it August mostly because of the project that's going on right now and so we can have that time. But I, I'll tell you something, and this, we may change even Wednesday nights for good. But I had a heartache as a pastor and I share this to share the openness to share where all this comes together just in one small area. In our Wednesday nights, we have a small handful of people that come and as me and my heart, I'm like, oh, Lord, why don't more people come? Boo-hoo me, poor me. Why don't more people come to Wednesday nights? And you know what God did to me? He's like, well, Steve, they probably don't come. Number one, some of them are working. Please, amen. And they're super tired. There's always good reasons. But there's also another reason, Steve, why maybe more people don't come. They ain't got a clue what you're doing or where you're going. <laughs> How many preachers are this open on a Sunday morning, even on live stream? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> They're probably not coming because they don't know where you're going or what you're doing. There's no plan. Yeah, Lord, I think you're probably right. Because for me, this is just me. I'm not saying I'll never have Choose Your Own Adventure. But for me, many of the sermons are Choose Your Own Adventure. Who remembers those books? 
Choose Your Own Adventure. He had to be young for that, or you know. <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure is a book from you start from page one to page 100. Choose Your Own Adventure is a book where it's written, you get to page 20, and it gives you three options. All right, you can pick this scenario, this scenario, that scenario, and based upon what scenario you choose, you go to this page, or that page, or that page. So the book could have three different endings. Choose Your Own Adventure. Well, my sermons are that way. And so what this pastor and husband and father is realizing, and I'm excited about change because there are changes that are taking place, is in courageous preparation to realize, Lord, I never want to lose the sensitivity to your spirit to be able to fly by the seat of my pants. But Lord, if you're going to build my family first, my kiddos, my children's my primary concern, for their life and their benefit, they need to see a dad, a godly, courageous father, through prayer and a clean, pure heart will make courageous preparations for family. That they will see the necessary steps that life doesn't, it isn't given to you on a silver platter. That there is planning, there's work, there's preparation, there's labor, there's prayer. There's a development of this planning and preparation. Then, then there's the fulfillment of that because they'll need to see that when they're in their 20s and 30s and to have that understanding for life. For a church to grow, we need plans, Holy Spirit-inspired plans and preparations. So if we have Wednesday nights or whatever, the people aren't wondering, what on earth are you going to even do tomorrow? Hey, we're going somewhere. This is, by the grace of God, what we've planned to do while remaining sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to learn about this, or we're going to go on this journey, and we're going to do this. I want to tell you, it's a whole lot easier to latch on to that than I ain't got a clue. Does that make sense? Wrapping this up and landing this airplane here. God wants to bring change in our lives, church. My heart is aching for change in my life. My heart is aching for you to go along this journey in your own life. It'll look different for you because I believe your heart is aching for change. Amen. Not just change for change. My heart is aching for change into the fruition, the fulfillment of God's plans and purposes in my life and your lives and the, the life in this community, so to say. And realizing, Lord, it's going to take some courage, though. I'm tired of wishful thinking. I'm tired of shallow prayers. I'm tired of just wishing and dreaming. It's time, Lord, to start being courageous and implement some change and have courage in Jesus' name. It'll begin tomorrow morning with a 20-yard dumpster. I don't know about your life, but when you go home today, in your heart, first of all, are there changes God wants to bring? It's going to take courage, church. The Bible says if we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Uh, in James, it says if any one of you is overtaken in a fault, confess your sins one to another. If you've got some bitterness and you've got some stuff bound up inside, you need to talk to somebody spiritual. And not let the devil beat you up anymore. And you know what? Get rid of that spiritual clutter in your heart. Let the Lord bring some heart purity into your life. Amen. Amen. Next, praying, prayerful. And then you know what? Begin to have courage and say, all right, Lord. Uh, we want change in Grace Harbor. We want change in Aberdeen. We want change in Washington, D.C. Lord, I'm getting my eyes off that for the moment. Lord, 
This is the guy that's got to change. I celebrate Colleen. I celebrate the Carleys. Lord, I, I want this guy to change. I want him to grow. Because there's other people, they need hope to see, well, he can change, he can grow. Let's do this together. Amen? Let's stand together, church. That was a bumpy landing. <laughs> a little windy. A little windy, a little turbulence. Lord, we thank you for your grace that is sufficient. Lord, none of us in and of ourselves are sufficient. We cannot change ourselves. We can plan apart from you, and yes, Lord, those plans fall apart. But Lord, this morning, I commit, we commit to you. And Lord, we ask that you would deposit hearts of faith and courage, Lord, to prepare for you to move in our lives Lord, that you would begin to make radical, awesome changes. Some will be dramatic, but Lord, many, will, most will be little, slow changes in our life, Lord, that would cause that transformation to take place, Lord, that you could bring to fulfillment those amazing plans that you have. With every eye closed and heads bowed this morning, I spoke about that camp that I wanted to take my family to. It was disappointing for a short season to realize that, no, there was not even room in a manger. So I don't want you to stand before the Lord in heaven and to have him say, I'm so sorry, but your name's not in that book of life. You didn't prepare. You didn't surrender your life to Jesus. That's the first and most critical step right now. If you want to make a reservation in heaven, so to say, by responding to Jesus and his sacrifice on that cross for your salvation, and you want to say, Lord, I surrender to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Lord, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Would you raise your hand if there's anybody here to say, Lord, I want to be prepared to meet you. Anybody? Jesus, amen. Anyone else? All right. Everyone open up your eyes. Going to close this a little bit different. Who will go on the journey with me for courageous preparation? Who will go on the journey and say, Lord, in my life, Lord, in my personal life, in my home, and Lord, in this church, Lord, we're going to be Pentecostal, Lord, until the trumpet blows. But Lord, would you teach this group of Pentecostal believers, Lord, that Lord, if you're the God who knew us from the foundation of the world, Lord, with our hands lifted up, we say, Lord, Give us courage. Give us faith. Give us eyes to see. Lord, may we not plan or prepare, Lord, in the strength or wisdom of man. But Lord, just as you deposited a dream in Moses' heart, or I mean Noah's heart, to build that ark, Lord, would you give us courage to prepare for what you have ahead? Lord, may we prepare in courage and faith and expectation of your good in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, I'd love to pray for your church. Don't rush out of here. Don't run out. You don't have to. The sunshine will be waiting for you. Don't forget tomorrow, Doug and Bonnie will be here with some others. I promise if you show up, I'm not going to make you feel guilty if you don't stay till dinner time. You can stay for just a short bit even to say hello. And we'll just be happy to see your face. God bless you. Have a good afternoon, church. Goodbye.